Nation with my dog, Secondary Perspective. Man, we had to jump in on a Monday. Hit a man, a couple rights, a couple lefts. It's been a wild weekend, just like a wild year, man. Uh, let's not waste no time, man. Auburn versus Mississippi State. You get a win, you should be able to stay in, right? Like, you should. <laughs> nah, man. Uh, you know, Auburn-Mississippi State was a, a – a, a good game, I guess I would say, for both teams. Yeah. Uh, was competitive. Obviously, um, I didn't think Auburn played well the first half. The second half, they turned it mm-hmm. on, made some plays, uh, end up winning like they should. Uh, but, you know, this this whole football season has been a mess, man. I know we said that uh, we didn't think it was going to last mm-hmm. because of the COVID and everything that's happened. But it was actually kind of surprised. I kept thinking, like, it was like another game or two left. <laughs> um to make up but this was actually the last game of the season you know you got sec championship next week and then uh going to the playoffs after that so you know auburn doing what they do uh good win over mississippi state and then the very next day boom uh got a report that gus was out of there so uh it's 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 the nature of the business how you get fired on your day off fired on your day (laughs) off man uh I think it was one of them situations, though, to where the relationship kind of just ran its course. Um, I think if you ask Gus, you know, it might be like a mutual type of thing. I think mm. he, he needs a fresh start somewhere else. And I think Auburn needs a fresh start uh, as well. Uh, I was fortunate enough to have a good relationship with Gus and kind of was texting him after the news broke out, you know, just wishing him luck uh, in his future endeavors and uh, future coaching positions and all that. And, yeah. um, you know, I don't got nothing but good things to say about him off the field. You know, every time we went to Auburn, you know, he opened every door, was welcoming. You know, my right. boys loved him. Yeah, they looked uh, like they had a good time right there. Yeah, had a good time, <laughs> man. So, you know, he was always good to me, treated me well. Uh, but, you know, it's the nature of it. You know, um, when you don't see any changes over the last three or four years on the offensive side when you're an offensive coach. I mean, you know, at some point you got to think that 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 relationship was going to end. So, uh, you know, it's it's the nature of the business. It's not like, you know, he's leaving empty handed. Like we talked about Muschamp. I think his buyout was 14, 15 million. Oh, yeah, let's talk. You know, know, Gus gets to walk out with 21 mil. So uh, he's probably going to take a nice vacation somewhere. Yeah, there's a little bit of the stats here. You were just talking about his buyout. here he is. I mean, fired on Sunday, 68 and 35 in his tenure at Auburn. Uh, never, you know, matched his first seasons. Like you say, he was 12 and two that first year, lost in the title game, and kind of ever since then, just never kind of had that same spark of fire. And offensively, you know, kind of came, you know, really stagnant these last couple of years. It's like, man, what is our offense doing? Never really had an identity. So I agree with you there. And uh, he's definitely not suffering. I mean, leaving 21 million uh, to walk away with, not struggling at all, man. But it's, it's crazy to even think, though, I mean, to get a win and come off a win, you know, come home um, and, and get fired, you know. And here's his last five seasons as coaches – Coaching at the you know the Tigers, uh, you know only one ten win season. You know this year was a, was a tough year uh, as well. So you know was it the right call? And you know who's next uh, for you guys down at Auburn? JP man, what's up? Um, I I think it I think it's the right call, man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know Gus has done a good good job recruiting. Uh, I think it's been some of the best players that Auburn's ever had, you know, um, just far as on a recruiting standpoint, I thought he did well, especially when you're talking about, 
you know, your next door neighbors, Nick Saban in Alabama and, yeah. and, and kind of what they're doing. I thought that he he handled the recruiting part well. I yeah. mean, and the Iron never, Bowl pretty well. Yeah, I mean, one of <laughs> only a few coaches that's beaten Nick Saban, you know, two or more times. So uh, definitely a plus there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when when you can have top 10 recruiting classes year in, year out, you know, like I said, with Alabama next door, I mean, it's hard to, to, to complain about, you know, the players that you got in. It was just a matter of, developing the players and getting the players in a system that you believe that's going to help Auburn win games. And I think that was his biggest downfall. I think if he was, if he had ever found a way to develop the quarterback position Mm -hmm. to where, you know, it don't matter who that we had, who we had on the roster, he was able to develop them and make them the players that they, you know, ought to be. Yeah. I think that he'll still be the head coach right now. I think Mm -hmm. that was his biggest, um, downfall in his coaching tenure just not tr- uh finding a true quarterback yeah yeah and, and like you said having find finding that guy you know this year uh Bo has had his struggles has had his ups as well throughout his career um so you know it, that lets you say who is it? is the coach is it the player um right. so front office decided to make a decision uh don't know who y'all gonna get next kevin Steele hangs around does, does he yeah, does he see? exit on out or do y'all get a new face yeah. whole new regime what what are the what are the former players can you speak to some of the former players, have you talked to any of the guys about it? Like, what would you guys like to see? You know, I have, man. Um, you know, when it comes to these decisions, as far as finding coaches, man, I think it's just bigger than the AD and the president. Mm-hmm. I think you got a lot of other people involved that's making these decisions. You know, big money people, and, yeah. it, and that goes to every program. For you sure. know, when you're talking about power five programs. Uh, but me personally, you know, everybody's screaming Hugh Freeze. You know, and, you know, seeing the the what he's been doing at Liberty with an Auburn transfer quarterback and Malik Willis and uh, seeing the success they had and, and the success he had at Ole Miss. I mean, he's another coach that beat Nick Saban twice, yeah. you know, in his tenure at Ole Miss. Um, okay. I'm just not a fan of the offensive system. I mm-hmm. think, you know, the last eight years, us having this up-tempo spread style system, Hugh Freeze does the same thing. Him yeah. and Gus is basically best friends. Um uh, from what I hear, him and Gus is really close. Uh, I just don't see them making that move. It's almost like you're making the same move, even yeah, if it's kind of you know, philosophy might be different from Gus. It's right. still the same style system, mm. uh, if that makes sense. And I think the Auburn fan base is kind of fed up with the up tempo gimmick yeah. spread type system. So yeah. if I had a choice in me, Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a defensive guy. Sometimes okay. I think you need defensive guys as your leaders of mm-hmm. the team. Yeah. Um, and Kevin Steele hasn't had that opportunity. I agree. And I, I know before Pruitt got the Tennessee job, mm-hmm. Kevin Steele was up for that job uh, as well with yeah. him being a former Tennessee grad uh, as well. So maybe from within, yeah, you can make a yeah. good hire and Coach Steele, giving him a shot, you right. know, giving him a chance to hire an offensive coordinator that – literally only has to worry about the offense you don't mm. got to worry about the totality of the team yeah uh and if and if you don't go with Kevin Steele defensive guy I mean other guys out there you got to think of you know Sark at Alabama him yeah. getting another opportunity totally. I mean I know everybody look at that crazy like why would you leave Alabama to go to Auburn I mean Auburn is a good job and it's to a have. coaching I mean, job like legit yeah, you know doubt about it it's a power five uh big time SEC a job. I mean, like, hold on one second. Auburn's ball. calling. Hold on. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm taking that. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> no question. No question. I mean, you got you got Sark, um, uh, the coach at Cincinnati. I forget his name. I think he was uh, oh, yeah. Ohio State's offensive coordinator at one point. You know, I love 
you know, you like Ohio State system and the things that they do offensively. You got mm-hmm. him. I mean, you got Bill Clark at UAB. I mean, mm-hmm. you're talking about a guy that turned. I mean, UAB program was basically shut down a few yeah, years ago. Yeah, it was ago. dead. And yeah. Then you come back and you, you win the, the the conference championship. I think the last two years and yeah. seeing the success and how the players are fighting for him and mm-hmm. the. You know, just how he goes about his business. Right. You, can, you can tell he's a no BS type guy. Yeah, and then you he know, always you know, has those relationships I, in the in the state too. So that's the great as well. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think we need a guy that's a true leader far as from top to bottom. Uh a guy that's gonna challenge guys, a guy that's gonna get after guys, a guy yeah. that's gonna treat everybody, you know, hold everybody accountable. I mm-hmm. think that's what we've been missing. Uh, it's been a lot of babying these these big time recruits that we've been getting, uh been kind of patting them on the back a little bit, telling them it's all right, rather than just holding them responsible for their bad play or uh, or whatever the case may be. So I, I just think we need a true leader. And most of the time you see true leaders come from defensive mindsets, yeah. uh, you know, from that from that perspective. I mean, you look at Nick, you look at Kirby, uh, you look at Pruitt, not the record, but just look at Pruitt as a leader. I mean, you look at, you know, certain guys as at these head coaches positions. They're mostly defensive guys. Mm. And I, uh, I think that's kind of what we need. But if we go offensive, yeah, uh, it can't be the spread style, up tempo gimmick style. And I have to be a pro style type coordinator that can come in there and uh, recruit some guys that fit his scheme, fit his style and uh, get this Auburn thing going. Because we have the athletes. Obviously, yeah. we have the athletes. Uh, got the guys in place. We just need the right leadership and the development to um, help these guys make plays on the field. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I definitely have you know some good players. You look across your board, man. Some some highly talented, super fast guys. It's gonna be interesting to see you know what decision you guys go because I I hear you when you say the pro style offense and you know let's get back to things that are fundamentally sound. Um, but man, this spread is is such a it's like contagious, man. Everybody wants a piece of it. They want to taste it. And, uh, it, and it works when you have the right system and the right tools and, you know, the right kind of chemistry behind it. But it seems like like the last couple of years, Gus and their system didn't have a real structure to what they were doing. Wasn't plays playing off each other. When you watch, you know, uh, Sark, uh, you know, we're not up tempo in terms of our speed, but we're a spread offense. Or you watch, you know, uh, Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss, you know, their plays are structured to where they have plays off of plays that are setting things up. And like you said, you just didn't seem like you would see that in you guys offense man so it's gonna be interesting yeah. to see i like all the guys that you name man hugh freeze is a is a is a great candidate i really like kevin Steele. you know i played for coach Steele. uh you know my first year at alabama thought he was a tremendous uh leader like you said you got to have someone that can lead young men um he's older but i think you know his his personality and uh and just the way that he just goes about the game, the guys respect him, and, and he can get him to play for for you know a university like that. And he'll be a great recruiter as always. So, I, I, man, my hat's in my hands in the air for Coach Steele if he gets an opportunity because I like him and I think he would help you guys, man, for sure. No, nah, we definitely can't afford to lose Coach Steele. It's been a bad year defensively for us. Uh, I mean, you lost a lot, a lot to the talent. NFL, yeah. but you know, then again. You know, who don't? What big school don't lose guys to the NFL? But yeah. I do think if we lose Kevin Steele, we lose Travis Williams, mm. we lose uh, Coach Gardner, our defensive uh, line coach. I mean, it'll be big blows because those are the main recruiters yeah. uh, as well. Yeah. And like you said, just talking about the spread, I know everybody nowadays has some type of spread in their system, mm-hmm. but like 
you want to, I want, I want a team that's going to huddle, huddle up. up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's all. That's, that's it. All I'm saying. Let's go I in the huddle up. Huddle up. <laughs> right. I, now, now I get the fact that after big plays, <laughs> lining back up, getting another playoff, right. you know, after big plays, certain, certain stuff from the spread, it does put yeah. pressure on the defense, but you know, I want guys to be able to catch their breath breathe a little bit think and then be able to execute the play sometimes i just think we go Too like fast. we just try to yeah. rely on the up tempo mm-hmm. for big plays rather than like you said having plays that's that's kind of structured mm-hmm. together setting up different things i think that was what we were missing yeah and um you know i think we just became a gimmick offense. i mean everybody described our offense as gimmick not more mm-hmm. so as a yeah, uh, I, I don't even know how, how to explain it. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I totally get it, bro. Totally get it. And I, I mean, you explained that well. I, I totally get what you're saying there. Um, but, you know, you guys took a major blow. Gus took a major blow uh, this weekend. Uh, hopefully get the right guy in, in place down there and see what happens. Another game, uh, another team that took a major blow this weekend, uh, the Florida Gators, man. Uh, man. Went down at home in in, in the swamp. Cal Pitts decides, you know, well, he doesn't decide. Uh, Dan Mullen, you know, he's not ready to play. We're going to, you know, rest what? you and let you play next week. Like, what type like, of call is that? <laughs> like, why? Like, why would, like, like I don't I don't understand, like, like, I get LSU's not having a good year this year. Yeah. But this is still a rival game exactly. to you. You play Florida every year. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a big game. Like, you know you have to win this game to keep your playoff yeah. hopes alive so why wouldn't you play your best player on offense if he can play yeah uh they he warmed up he did everything everybody else doing then he got scratched before kickoff and then now you want to go after the game and and throw shots at ohio state and say they're making rules for people to, to get in the playoff that's not playing games and they still deserve no you do not deserve to be in the playoff exactly like, yeah, this is LSU, a three and five team, and you lost. Yeah, you deserve like, right. You like you yeah. lost your opportunity completely, and I mean, because you because you had chances in this game to win it. Like good teams win this game. You know, right. I was watching it sitting down here uh, with my wife, and and uh, LSU had just scored. They scored. It was uh twenty four seventeen, possibly yeah twenty four seventeen. LSU scored, but they got a holding call. Um, and so they had to kick a field goal and went up 27-17. And Florida ended up coming back 31-27. I said, oh, this game's over with. The number six team in the country just came back on a three and five team. We're down 10 in the third quarter. Now they're up. I was like, oh, this game's over. They should, they should win it. A good team wins this game now and puts it away. So like you said, man, like, no, you don't deserve an opportunity to be in the playoffs. Um, you lost the game that you should have won. Take it upstairs, baby. Um, you should have thrown it in there. You should have uh, had a game that you should have uh, won last this time. I'm sorry, bro. No, yeah, Hunter. Yeah. Okay, Give her it, a beauty time. Take it in, in, yeah, in the bathroom, baby. <laughs> but but you should have won the game. I mean, that's all I'm trying to say. So, no, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. You can't throw this Ohio State uh, thing in there. They ain't play enough games. They're making rules for them. And, I mean, you made like, a bad I decision. I don't even care if they beat y'all. Right. Like, if they beat Bama uh, this week right. in the SEC Championship, I still don't think they deserve to get in. Yeah, I like, agree. I would still take a one-loss Alabama, one-loss Texas A&M over Florida. Yeah. Just off of the strength of, like, you've already lost one game, and then you lose your second game versus, three, like I said, three and five team, uh, a LSU team, 
and you sit out your best player. It wasn't like that he had COVID right. or, or like the cleansing situation. You know, Trevor yeah. had to sit out because of COVID or anything like that. You set him out because you wanted to rest, rest him, him for Alabama. Yeah, You for just next wanted week. to rest him, and it bit you. Yeah. The offense wasn't the same without him on the field. It was not. Now, they're still explosive. I know Florida's still explosive. Got players everywhere, but with – Pitts on the field, they're totally different. Yeah, I mean, they're a totally different team. I agree. Um, Cal Trask, I mean, seemed to struggle without him on the field. You know, when you don't have that number one guy, you know, I, I don't care who you are, you know, it, it, it causes an effect on you because the defense shifts their coverage now. Whether it's Tony out of the backfield right here, he's getting the opportunity, or some of the other receivers, you're going to find that next guy and rotate the coverage to him. And Cal Trask threw two interceptions, typically don't do that. Um, and, you know, just weren't able to score early on, weren't in rhythm. So, I, I you know, like I said, I blame Dan Mullen, man. That was that was a, a bad decision, a tough, uh, terrible call not to play your best player at that point in time, especially if he's healthy. Um, but what do you think? How does Florida recover? You know, they're in the SEC championship this next week, you know, versus Bama. This is the 10th time that this game has uh, taken place for the SEC title here in 2020 would be the 10th opportunity for that. But uh, what do you think? Do they come in with, you know, some type of purpose or is their season over now and they just lay down and Alabama, you know, do what they have done to a lot of teams this year? I do. I do think they come in with a sense of purpose because in their head, their coach is telling them, you know, we got to treat this like a quarterfinal game. Yeah. You know, if we win this game, we still have an opportunity to get in. That's yeah. what their coach is telling them in the locker room. So I do expect Florida to come out and play like this is a playoff type game um you know of course Pitts will play Trask and all those boys so I do expect it to be some explosiveness uh for both offenses but mm -hmm. I, I still just think that defense for Florida uh I know I've been saying that at like you know they're getting better every week it seemed like they're gonna get better it's gonna click yeah uh but they're they're vulnerable out there yeah, I, I don't struggles. I don't see them stopping Alabama in any sense whether it's the run or the pass now, do I see them making some splash plays here and there? Yes, I can see Mac Jones forcing the ball and some tight coverages and maybe Florida making a play, uh, getting a turnover, maybe two. Uh, but just stopping Alabama, I, I don't see that defense doing it. And, um, and, and with the offense struggling versus LSU, and when I say struggling, damn, they scored 30-some points. Uh, but I think uh, Nick Saban in, in Alabama will be able to figure out some weaknesses without – Pitts was on the field now knowing, all right, mm -hmm. if we take their number one guy off the field, right. this is where they struggle. This mm -hmm. is how we can beat them. These calls are going to work. These blitzes work uh, that LSU ran. I mean, Bo Pelini is another Nick Saban product. And even though he's been having a bad year at LSU, um, you know, some of the same system, right. some of the same calls, some of the same philosophy. So I, I think it was bad that they uh, took Pitts. I, off the field versus LSU didn't let him play because I think it just exposed them a little bit more on where their true weaknesses are and it's just going to give Alabama another advantage yeah I, I mean I can't help but agree with you there man especially like what you said it gives Alabama now to see what it looks like not to have that guy on the field so now how can we the the you know place our defense as best as we can you know to position ourselves to get him you know taken off whether it's a linebacker and a safety doubling or a linebacker and a nickel or nickel and safety however we got to do that how are we going to play you know those guys and they got a chance to see you know that Florida struggled like you said early on to find their rhythm 
Um, and if you struggle early on with Alabama to find your rhythm, you know, it's going to be 21 nothing before you know it. And it's going to be too late, you know, to try and find your rhythm. So I think and they if, come out and play well. Go ahead. And if you watch the the the, the Florida LSU game, uh, I don't know how many yards trash through for. I'm pretty sure on paper. It was over it was three a, something. Yeah, I knew it was over three. No, something 474. I'm sorry. 474. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you watch that game, though. I mean, LSU DBs was competing. I mean, I think they had a couple like a pick six. Mm -hmm. uh, Trash might have threw two picks two or picks. so. But it was yeah. it was a couple balls out there that they end up Florida made to play that if you throw that same ball versus Alabama, it's going to be a pick. Right. Um, so I just you know I, I can't see tra uh, Trash you know, statistically looking good on paper versus Alabama. Like mm -hmm. when it's all said and done, I can see him throwing for over 300 yards, couple touchdowns, whatever the case may be. But the score might be 40 something to 20, yeah. 40 something to 17. Yeah. Um, I just think this LSU, I don't know what Dan Mullen was thinking, but this game right there and the process that they went about going about it, I think it just threw them off track going into this SEC championship week. I mean, I would want my best player to play the week before, even if I'm saying you're going to play a limited role. Right. I'm only going to play you're, you a few snaps. You're going to play. Yeah. yeah. Like, I can't have you sitting out and we got Alabama next week. That's going to throw our whole rhythm off on offense. Yeah. And I mean, even just to get him on the field, like to have him on the field, us playing secondary guys, let's give them a secondary perspective on this thing. If you have a guy like Cal Pitts or – Travis Kelsey or Antonio Gates, you know, if those guys are on the field as a safety or a corner, nickelback, like you're, you're, you're knowing where they are at all times. You're thinking about that. Like, hey, 87 is third and five, third and three. Watch where 87 is at. Watch where 85 is at. You know, but now he's not even out there. Even if he, you know, is still limited, he still takes my thoughts and he takes, you know, my presence to him. So I, I agree, man. I think it was just an overall just terrible terrible coaching decision um by dan mullen i mean he's he's acted really reckless down there this year man you know what i'm saying acting sadity man you don't got a job in florida you know he, just, like, let's just like, rest bro, to next week bro we in the, we in the sc championship like man <laughs> like y'all finally got over to georgia huh right this is what you do you exactly LSU. <laughs> yeah oh man that was an ugly one and speaking of slip-ups um we had a big one in the nfl uh, the, the, it doesn't really matter too much. Well, I guess playoff implications, who get the home field advantage, but the Saints and the Eagles. Man, our man Deuce, Jalen Hurts, had a big game. I know we talked about it, and I was saying that I felt the coaching staff, you know, really put him at a disadvantage, but you also said, and we've both agreed that, I mean, he's been a competitor, he's been a fighter his whole career, man, and I, that's exactly what he did. He went out and fought um untamed greatness man i i love to watch it and it seems like that team had an extra just like spark about him you know with him out there on the field and went from terms of when i watched it what are your thoughts on it all uh jp man watching this game it kind of just shows you the maturity level that jalen hurts has um you know he made a comment that like yeah his responsibilities change this week obviously he's the starting quarterback but he said his process never changed mm -hmm. he uh he prepares like he's the starter every week and uh, and i think him having that mindset from the day he's been drafted mm -hmm. all the way up to this point it showed it showed that he was ready for this moment it sh he wasn't big-eyed out there this is a 
primetime game versus yeah. one of the hottest teams in the NFL. Every close-up clip, it looked like he was embracing the entire moment mm-hmm. as if he's been there before. Um, did he make mistakes? Yeah. But did he cost his team the game? No. Right. And I think that's been Jalen Hurts as a player at right. Alabama. Did he make mistakes? Yes. But did he ever cost Alabama a game? I, I don't I don't recall that. Or at Oklahoma. Right. Uh, so, I mean, I think this is who you get. I think now going forward, if Jalen Hurts can finish the season off the last three games, uh, two or three games, it is uh, last three games. If he can finish off the way that he played this game and let's just say he don't decline, he just stays at this level versus the Saints. Uh, you got to move Carson Wentz in the offseason. Yeah. I mean, this is your guy. Yeah, I think so as well. You know, it's a decision at that point. You know, the front office and, you know, the head coach have to make a decision. You know, I think we move on from him. Someone takes that contract and this is our new guy. I totally agree. And I think, you know, me being a betting man and a gambling man, Parlay J, um, at Arizona, uh, at Dallas, and then Washington at home. Those are his three final games. To me, all three winnable games for uh, the Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts. Um, so it's going to be very exciting to watch, interesting to watch. Um, like you said, man, I thought he played well, showed his level of maturity. Um, I watched him here at Alabama. You know, I was here that year, you know, when Tua was the starter. Uh, the SEC Championship happened, and they won a natty. I was on the sideline just watching. But the next year I worked here, and like you said, man, I got a chance to watch him, you know, in person, week in and week out, knowing he was the backup, you know, to Tua preparing like he was a starter um, and something he took from his previous season into a new season um, has paid off tremendously for him and just excited to watch him, you know, continue to do his thing, man. And the plays with his legs also, you know, make it very tough when you're playing a guy like him. And there was a couple of fourth and one short yardages, you know, right. when you got a guy with, with, with wheels and that can run it like a running back, uh, it makes the game very tough for, for defenders. I think what helped him the most is he didn't second guess any right. decision that he mm-hmm. made. He just did it. Like mm-hmm. whether that was on my fifth step on the drop back, I see an open lane and just taking off. And if I get the first, I get it. If I don't, I don't. Yeah. Uh, or if that's dropping back and I think I can throw this ball to Alshon Jeffrey while taking a shot, you know, from a blitzer, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, he didn't He didn't look like he was – like I said, he he looked confident on the field. Every mm-hmm. decision he made, he looked confident. And that's a good sign in a young quarterback. This has been a good young quarterback class. I, I mean, agreed. I know he went in the second round, but he's in the same class with, with Tua, who yeah. played out of his mind this past week versus the Chiefs. Definitely. Uh, same class with Justin Herbert, who played out of his mind yeah. this week with the Chargers. You know, it's just been a good, good quarterback class. But one of the reasons I think it's been so good these guys been on the big stage since the day one of college. Mm-hmm. I'm talking since they stepped in their college camp on their college campuses, like the spotlight's been on them. So I don't think the NFL spotlight is really that bright to them. You know, it's just almost like, man, we've been used to this. Like Justin Herbert, I've been at Oregon. Like I couldn't go anywhere, you know, without people knowing who I am or criticizing or whatever the case, or I'm, I'm Tua mm-hmm. or I'm Jalen Hurts. You know, I transferred to Oklahoma. Like everywhere I went, people knew exactly who I was. So like this spotlight been on these guys and uh, it's been impressive to see like their NFL growth uh, this season. You know, I don't think it's been a rookie quarterback this year from this class that's kind of, I guess, been a, I don't want to say a bust, but kind of doing something that they're not, 
you know, I guess was projected to do. Yeah. Seem like everybody's been playing up to par. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to agree with you, man. Um, you know, they came in and they've been the big man on on campus, like you said, for a long time and and played in a lot of big games. Oregon's played for national championships, played in Rose Bowl, same for, you know, Alabama. And I also like about these guys is that they all, if I'm not mistaken, were seniors. You know, they spent their whole entire tenure in college. None of them left early. You know, Justin Herbert had the opportunity to leave early if he wanted to. Uh, Tua as well. You know, of course, injuries brought him back. Um, Jalen as well. I mean, he didn't have to go to Oklahoma and spend it next year. He could have went ahead and embedded on going to the NFL. But I thought all those decisions were mature decisions, um, and decisions that gave them another opportunity to ve- to develop as players, um, and I think that development is playing, you know, into their favor uh, here in this first season uh, as as rookie quarterbacks. Like you said, man, it's going to be a fun class. It's it's in great hands, man. Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, you man. know, these three guys here. It's just it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Josh Allen, got, you know, I got a question. Yeah, Josh <laughs> Allen is legit. Like I, I last year, I thought he was trash. Um, I'll, I'll be on record saying it. Last year, I was like, man, I can't believe the Bills yeah. know, took this guy. And I'm looking at it now. I'm like, oh my god, like this yeah. dude, real this deal. Or might be stronger than than Pat's. But look, I got a question. Uh, Carson Wentz, mm-hmm. your whole career so far has been defined by backup. Mm. I mean, you look at him; he was having an MVP year, gets hurt. Uh, Nick Foles come in and thrives mm-hmm. as a backup. Thrives, they win the Super Bowl. He comes back last year and just have an up and down year. Not the same, but when you watch Carson Wentz, you know he has all the tools to yeah. be a great quarterback. I mean, he's one of those talents. Like, I know we're sitting here saying Jalen deserves a start, which, you know, rightfully so, but I'm not going to just sit here and say Carson Wentz is a bad quarterback because he's proven to be an elite quarterback in his league. You know, just last couple of years, I don't know what the deal is with him and Doug Peterson or whatever the case may be. But if you're Carson Wentz, how do you change the narrative of, all right, Jalen Hurts comes in and it seems like the whole team plays different. They're running the ball well. Uh, guys are making catches, whatever the case may be. But when Carson plays, the defense is playing seems, out of their mind. Defense playing out of their mind. But when Carson plays, it just seems like what the hell is going on with Philly? Yeah. What do you, you think Carson needs a new change of scenery? You think because sometimes that be the case. Like, man, you just got to get out of Philly. Yeah. Go somewhere uh, else. You think that's the case with Carson? You know, it, I, I think so. You know, it, it happens like that, man. You know, the flavor of, uh, in sports and kind of. Just being in those situations, it was kind of one of those things when you look at the uh, the Falcons situation. I, I, I think that's the same thing. I think Dan Quinn's a good uh, good coach and um, did some great things in Seattle. But after that Super Bowl loss, the way that they lost, I just think that team couldn't recover. And I think that they needed to change and he needs to move on. And I think he's going to have success somewhere else. You know, kind of how he had this early on success with Atlanta before that Super Bowl fumble. Um, so with Carson, it's like it's a mental thing, um, a confidence thing for him right now that, you know, he, he's been a great player um, playing at his elite level and then he gets injured and then some other guy comes in and wins the championship. You know, we're competitors, man. As much as we want to claim that championship and say we won a Super Bowl, like 
uh, it just doesn't wow. sit well with us. You yeah, know, right. it, it plays in our head. It plays, you know, what I play, you know, that next year sometimes. And I think with Carson, Carson, that's exactly where he's at, man. He's in a, you know, in one of those mental ruts, uh, in one of those situations to where, you know, his mind is playing a little bit of tricks on him uh, through it all. So I think for him, a change of scenery uh, will be good. But I also think, man, just a, a, a long offseason. I think when this offseason happens, he needs to maybe take some time to step away from the game, you know, even from the preparation part of it, continue to take care of your body in terms of, you know, how you, you do those things. We are understand all those things, but take a step away from the game, um, reset, and then come back to it uh, and build from the foundation up in terms of your fundamentals back up to the top. Um, and I think that would be great for him And if he doesn't get an opportunity to change scenery. But to answer your question, a change of scenery uh, for, for Carson Wentz, I think is going to be what's needed. If Phillip Rivers and the Colts mm-hmm. don't have a long playoff run, meaning make the AFC championship at minimum, mm-hmm. Frank Wright, where Carson had his MVP-type season, he was the um, OC for Philly during that run, that Super Bowl run. I can see the Colts trading for Carson Wentz, and now they got their young mm-hmm. franchise QB. Yeah. I don't think that's a bad call at all. I mean, because I think Carson's not washed up at all in, in no, no shape, form, or fashion. Um, everything that's going on with him is literally it's right here. His arm is there. His leg is there. He has all of those abilities, man. So um, if he can get in a situation, like you said, change that scenery, change the way he's thinking. Frank Wright has been a part of uh, his his life before and when he was very successful. Um, I think that's a great move for the Colts. You know, they're looking for their guy. Um, and like you said, Phillip is probably not a long-term answer at all by any means. So I, I don't think that's a bad move in all season at all. Let's put that on the board. JP called it here on secondary perspective. Uh, the, the, the Jalen Hurts becomes a starter at Philly if we have a good finish out here these last three games. And Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts. We're going to pull that up for y'all this summer. Watch. Yeah, because Carson <laughs> just signed for 100 million plus song so uh it gotta make it gotta make sense with the cap definitely (laughs) definitely man uh that was kind of some of the highlights from the weekend it's uh it's gonna be fun to watch and see what happens here with uh the monday night game we got the browns uh and the ravens gonna be interesting check in 8 15 um and you know let's get back to it my dog